Hey, welcome to the episode, my groovy brothers and sisters. Me and the nomads crashed into a crazy camp of kids on our travels, so we took them to one of our favorite hangout spots. Things got a little uncool down there, but those wolf bats were no match for our flower power and Master Arrowhead's all the rest of the powers. We might have been deep underground, but in our minds we were sky high. Isn't that right, Moku? I can see rainbows everywhere. Far out, you little weirdo. Hello, everybody. At last, it is time to discuss episode 22 of Avatar The Last Airbender. Nick Montagani here with Brendan Riley. Brendan, how's the weather up there? Uh, it's good. It's kind of chilly up it's comfortable. here. Comfortable where I am right now. <laughs> Brendan, recording on location as he's done in the past. And again, I... I said this to you before we started, but I commend you for your efforts to get the job done. Well, thank you. I think this will be a better episode than the last time, simply because it's not that episode of Samurai Jack. With which one? Which one was it? The Soul Stealer guy. Oh, Demongo. Demongo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the Demongo episode. Oh, so already we were going into that one with weird energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited about this one. <laughs> There's things to be said. Uh, I'm excited for what you just teased me with before we started, where there's the potential of acorns falling on your tin roof yeah. that you're in right now. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a, my family has a, a, a camping space, a seasonal, uh, with like a permanent trailer there. Uh, and there's a, a porch built out on one side of it, and it's all like tin and... That kind of thing. So every mm-hmm. so often, uh, acorns will fall from the trees right outside and land right above me. Actually, it's this backside of the the thing, and they'll slam on the roof. Half the time, they scare the shit out of me. I was going to say, I just heard, was that, that was it. That was one of them. That was a quiet one. <laughs> yeah. It was still pretty loud. Yeah. I, I caught it on the recording here. Yep. Uh, that's, I mean, that's fine. We've already set the expectation that this might happen going forward. Yeah, so. I mean, last time we recorded in the middle of the day and there were a lot of children around at the playground that is right outside my door. Sure. <laughs> so we had that going on. This time we don't have that, but we will have the acorns every so often. That's fine. Every time it happens, we can acknowledge it, <laughs> have a little fun with it, and then move on. All right. Moving on to, uh, hey, Brendan, did you see the news? Um, regarding what? Video game news in the Avatar The Last Airbender universe. You seen this? You heard about this? I have not, no. There's a new Avatar video game coming out actually pretty soon. I think it's next month. Wow. Really? Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender... Uh, Quest for Balance is the name of this game. Okay. Not too much known about this yet. I did watch the trailer, and I would implore you to not 
watch the trailer. Okay, I was about to. Uh, some stuff in there that might be a little bit spoilery for you. I think what we're kind of looking at here is the Avatar version of Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Oh, that actually sounds kind of all right. I liked Kakarot a lot. I enjoyed going through the like paces of the story of Dragon Ball Z, which I think that's like the line I'm connecting these two with is I'm pretty sure this is going to take you through like the events, like the big events Mm -hmm. that happen in the story. And they're saying you can play as like nine different characters in the game, which is cool. That's a lot. That's a lot more characters than I even know in this show. You'll get there. There's time. <laughs> can you play you as could, Can you play as Jet? I was going to say, you know, you could name right now probably at least 9 characters to play as. I don't know if I could name 9 that I would want to play as though. Is my my thing right now. We're not quite we're not quite there yet. Jet I think would be on the list. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, you can just run around bombing innocent villages, swinging those weird hooks around. Mhm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those games, I'm afraid, like, is it going to go more in the direction of Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, which I would not consider to be, like, a great video game, but it is kind of a fun thing for, like, Dragon Ball Z fans? hmm Or, Brendan? Will it be for no one? Will it be more of a Samurai Jack battle through time? See, I'm I immediately thought of uh, Battle Through Time when you started this whole thing. Sure, um, and I hope that's not what it is. It it has the feel. It looks like it's going to potentially play. You can't. We can't like make these assumptions before the game comes out. But mm-hmm. I mean, it we, looks. We can. we can, and we probably should. You know, to have anything to talk about right now. <laughs> Uh, but it does almost look like it might play like that era of like PS2 licensed game. No, <sighs> but it's hard. It's so hard to say. Um, Samurai Jack Battle Through Time. We have a full, very long episode about that. You can go <laughs> back and listen to our thoughts on on that video game that we played to completion i got the platinum trophy on that a fool i am Mm -hmm. i came nowhere close and i don't blame you for that this uh avatar game is coming out on all systems including ps5 so maybe the platinum trophy will uh be in my future again oh man (laughs) i'll commit right now to looking at it that's as far as i'll go i'll let you know when I think is an appropriate time for you to watch the trailer for this game. Okay. But this is something I think with like a big brand new video game release, this has to be on our radar for covering on this show. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It does. Unfortunately, or maybe fortunate, maybe it'll be great. Maybe Maybe. we'll be wrong about it. It could be, it could be great. Uh, I'm not going to hold my breath. Now, Brendan, here's another thing I haven't told you yet mm-hmm. about this video game. Is it ninety dollars? 
it's actually only fifty dollars, which you know, okay, Some, sets somewhat reasonable. Some level ex- of expectation there. Uh, it's developed by Game Mill. What a name! What did they? What have they done? Uh, a handful of things, but most notably for you and me, they did the Nickelodeon All Star Brawl Fighter game, whatever oh, that's called. Oh yeah, that game sucked. That we've both fucking hated. Yeah, I actually forgot about that game. I think they're making a sequel to that. They they just announced that they're making another one of those, which is yeah. outrageous. But it must have sold extremely well in a universe where multiverses gets canceled oh i know how are we doing how are we doing this one uh jimmy neutron my dear boy that gets the people hooked oh i wonder you know i wonder if it'll have voice acting this time they did eventually add voice acting to that game in a patch that is not something that should be patched in no that should have been there from day one and even (laughs) when they did that it wasn't very good. Oh, man. Uh, so, again, maybe that sets us up for failure here if they're making this game. I don't know. I don't. It's it's too early to say, but uh, it's keep not, it on your radar. It's not looking good. <laughs> Signs point to a bad time, but mm-hmm. we're not. Again, we reviewed Samurai Jack Battle Through Time on this podcast. We're not averse to... Having a bad time playing a video game in in the name of making content for our show. Yep. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll fucking we'll make it happen. I just don't know if I want to spend 50 bucks on it. I know. That's one of the big problems I'm looking at right now. But, uh, you know, it's good. We're going to wait on it a little bit. If it's going to go through the classic events of the show, I don't want to play this until we've watched the classic events of the show. So mm-hmm. perhaps... We'll be able to pick this up on a discount at some point in the future. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, tuck it away, Brendan. It's just a little <laughs> something for you to, you know, look forward to just, as we, we go just forward. just there watching and waiting. Lurking in the shadows, ready to pounce at any moment. And uh, watch your back is all I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope this episode's in it. We'll, uh, we'll likely have a better time with this episode than we'll have with <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender Quest for Balance. Could they have come up with a, non- a longer name? Well, you got to fit Avatar The Last Airbender in there. You can't just call uh-huh. it Avatar. Right. You can't legally. Why did they just call it Avatar The Last Airbender Ang. game? <laughs> the game. The game. I think they've already got that. They've also got Avatar The Last Airbender or um, M. Night Shyamalan's Avatar what is it called? M. Night Shyamalan's The Last Airbender? The game? Is Avatar they... in the title of that movie? No, it's not. Okay, I didn't think so. <laughs> the Last Airbender. Peter uh, Jackson's King Kong, the movie, <laughs> the video game. <laughs> Colon, the soundtrack. <laughs> movie, film for theaters. Brendan, <laughs> uh, let's get into this episode of the show, huh? Let's do it. Yep, yep, yep. Episode 22 of Avatar The Last Airbender, titled The Cave of Two Lovers, Mm -hmm. which is what I call our recording studio, Brendan, when you and me (laughs) get together. (laughs) 
The Cave of Two Lovers. Ooh, what a provocative title. Yeah. Yeah. Let's find out what these two lovers were up to and why they needed to hide their secrets in a cave. Their shame. <laughs> it's, they were shameful. It's a sin to, you know, do these things out of marriage. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, see what they got up to. March 24th, 2006. Previously on Avatar, Aang uh, agreed to train in the Avatar state with a lunatic Earth Kingdom general. Didn't go great. Nope. That guy was an asshole. Not the kind of guy you want to be working on a project like this with. Uh, Katara barely escaped with her life while Aang learned some facts about the Avatar state from Avatar Roku's spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Brendan, we actually got a email from a recent listener, uh, Raphael, who told us to check out the Kiyoshi and Yang Chen uh, novels that they've released. I think we talked about that. Was that on the recording or was that something we did? Because we have discussed these Kiyoshi novels. We've talked about it a little bit. I don't know if we've talked about it on pod, but Kiyoshi will be explored a little bit more in the television show. Mm-hmm. No spoilers. Um, but has like multiple novels devoted to her. Um, Yang Chen, the previous airbender avatar to Aang, has, I think, a recent novel devoted mm-hmm. to her. So both things probably worth checking out at some point. I've always meant to like check out those Kiyoshi novels and maybe, you know, this podcast is the driving force for me to finally get something like that done. Yeah. If I can find them on uh, audiobook, I may do that. Otherwise, not going to happen. I'll bet you you can listen to those on audiobook with the voice actors who voice those characters or those characters in the show originally i'll bet you that's a thing that exists oh that'd be cool do i know that's a thing that exists absolutely not (laughs) you seem so confident i felt really good about it in the moment and now i'm backtracking like brendan don't take my word for it they did it with uh american gods has all the not all of them but the actors from the show what's the worst audiobook uh you've ever listened to not the book but like the narration was so bad that um, took you out of it. I haven't listened to too many. Uh, there was, it wasn't super bad. It was just like his, the guy's decisions uh, for Dragon Age. Um, what was the name of it? I don't know. One of the, one of the Dragon Ages that revolves around Duncan, who is a character from the first game. Um, he gives him like a Cockney accent, but like the part of the world he's from is more like a France kind of thing. So if anything, it should be a French accent. I just saw a trailer for they're doing a biopic about Napoleon starring Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, God. Um, Directed by Ridley Scott, so it actually might be OK. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously... French, like every character in the movie is French, and they all had heavy English accents. That's it drives so me annoying. insane when they do that shit. That's so annoying. Lean into it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they don't want to be offensive, so instead they go a different route of offensive by making everybody British. It's honestly worse, yeah, honestly. 
makes it so much worse. Uh, I listened to a really uh, happy, jaunty kind of novel, Cormac McCarthy's The Road. (laughs) Oh, yep, yep. A happy tale that everyone turns out okay in the end. Yeah, I saw the movie. It was really boring. I didn't see the movie. I did listen to the audiobook, and the guy who was reading it was just absolutely dreadful. He was doing a voice for the dad that was like, "Well, well, son, we gotta go down in the oh, shelter no. and get the." And then the boy was like, "Papa, can I have another can of beans?" And he was basically doing the same voice for both characters, but one of them was a little bit higher pitched. <laughs> But his regular reading voice was not those voices. He was putting on a voice for both of them, and it was And it's just a bad choice, huh? Really screwed it up. That sucks. Uh, not recommended listening to reading it. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's pretty sad stuff. <laughs> uh, hey, we're not done with the previously on Avatar. Sorry for derailing <laughs> us there. I think it was worth it. Um, meanwhile... We have been introduced to Zuko's crazy sister, Azula, Mm -hmm. who is hunting down Zuko and Iroh. Uh, They managed to escape and have become fugitives of the Fire Nation. Mm -hmm. They're on the run. Not a place either of them wants to be. No, tough life. They're going to have to adjust a little bit and we'll see how they fare to varying degrees in this episode. (laughs) Yep. Let's get into it. Uh, Katara is teaching Aang some waterbending moves in a calm body of water somewhere. Sokka tells them they're taking too long, and Katara mockingly calls Sokka naked guy. Yep, because he's in his underwear. He's wearing his little samurai diapy, just like our old buddy (laughs) Jack used to do. Yep. They're all a little bit dressed down. Yeah, in this scene. I would I would argue that, uh, fuck, Katara. <laughs> sure. Uh, I would argue that she's as undressed as uh, Sokka. For her to make these claims, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's they're both in what I would fair. consider to be their underwear. Ang's yeah. the only one still wearing pants. But that's and and we have seen Ang in his little red underpants before, so mm-hmm. we know. He's got further layers to shed. Yeah, no, he leaves the pants on. Leaving a little bit to the imagination. I think just so they can make the joke that Sokka's in his underwear. And call him naked guy. call him naked guy. And then the upcoming joke also at the expense of him in his underwear. Sure, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Um, In any case, they're all, you know, they're feeling a little free Mm -hmm. in this moment. Um. Aang gets into the waterbending stance that Katara has been teaching him, but she's like, no, let me show you, and moves in and puts her arms around him to kind of like reposition mm-hmm. him. She says, it's all in the hips. <laughs> Have you ever seen this move in real in real life of people being like, ooh, baby, let me show you how it's really done? I have. I have seen this move uh, in college. I actually... Mm-hmm. Uh, I put my friend in the position to be in this move. Okay. As like a, you were the wingman. I was the wingman. Yeah. I'm proud of you for that. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> uh, what was the sport or activity? Uh, I have a rip stick, um, which is 
<laughs> which is like a skateboard, but it's only got two wheels and you kind of ride it around by like kicking the back leg. Sure. Um, and this girl my my roommate was into was riding it around in our garage uh, and was like falling on her ass. So I was like, go over there and hold her up. Show her how it's really done. Yeah. Yep. And they're married to this day. How many kids? <laughs> they are not. <laughs> they did not last very long. <laughs> she would sit well, on our couch playing uh, fucking Sly Cooper and screaming at it for hours at a time. I was going to almost say, that's a keeper playing Sly Cooper. That's great. And then the screaming. There's no reason to do that. To oh, that yeah. Absolutely. Just fucking blood curdling screaming <laughs> the, at this is... game. <sighs> we don't have time for this, Brendan, but I have so many follow up questions on that. Yeah, well, maybe we'll talk about it later. <laughs> um, uh, he's working on the octopus stance and forms some big watery tentacles around himself, which he uses to whip away Katara's attacks. Uh, he passes the test and she says, you make a fine octopus pupil, Ang, uh, at to which point he forms the big watery figure of an octopus around his whole body and does a little octopus dance. It's very adorable. It's pretty good, yeah. I liked it. If I could waterbend, I would just do this. <laughs> just walk around as an octopus. You can see he's holding his breath, too. Yeah, well, I mean, he's in this big watery bubble, but uh, I would do that, yeah. Permanent octopus stance and then poke my head out, catch a couple breaths like a whale, and then back in and... <laughs> I just live as an octopus now. Yep, that's your life. I'd be fine with it. <laughs> I chose this. I think everybody else would be fine with it, too. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Nobody would have a problem with great. that. Just going around getting everyone wet all the time. This guy's great at parties. Have you seen his octopus trick? <laughs> uh, yeah, he is just an octopus <laughs> all the time. It's not really a trick. Have you seen the trick he does where he stops doing that? <laughs> no, never. No, nobody has. Didn't know it was possible. <laughs> yeah, that's... That's private. That's for God's eyes only. <laughs> uh, suddenly a noise starts creeping in on them. And there's a song that's growing louder and louder. Mm -hmm. Into the scene strolls the dirtiest bunch of hippies that you will ever see. I fucking love them. <laughs> <laughs> These fucking characters. <laughs> I knew it was going to go this way for you, Brendan. I, I do have a question here. Your enjoyment of this episode is 1000% going to hinge upon your enjoyment of this cast of characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because if you're off board this episode. Oh, yeah. No, they're we'll do nothing for you. They're around for the whole goddamn thing and they never get any fucking better. But I love they are just <laughs> they are they are what they are. So, but I I figured this would be your reaction to them. These seem like Brendan characters through and through. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I fucking love these guys. I mean, in that they're the fucking worst, but in that they suck. Yeah, I mean they're they suck, but that is the appeal. It's endearing, and the guy's got a the typical stoner voice on the whole time. Oh, uh, we'll get into it. Uh Yes, here they come. There's a man strumming, strumming along on a instrument that I believe is called a dromion, maybe a dromion. I don't know. I didn't do enough research. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got this long, unkempt hair 
poking out from beneath like a fucking bucket hat. Yep. Like some people that you probably saw in your days living in Burlington, Vermont regularly. Oh, yeah. This guy's near and dear to your heart. Yeah, maybe that's why I, I like him so much. It reminds me of home. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've been around this guy more times than I care to admit. Uh, he's wearing a flowery necklace. He's accompanied by a woman with flowers in her hair. She's playing a flute, and she's got just like this completely vacant look behind her stoned out eyes. Oh, yeah, the whole time. She's on another planet constantly. <laughs> I think, and then there are some characters here that don't speak in the episode, and they're mm -hmm. also just fucking gone. Yep. Yeah. They might as well not even be there. They just dance. Every time they're on screen, they're just dancing. That's their job. <laughs> That's their role in the band. Um, there's also a pudgy guy who's carrying like a little drum, so he's the third member of the actual instrument playing band. Yeah, he's good too. He's pretty good. Brendan, let's name the band. Uh, my only joke that I wrote down was uh, Peyote Ugly. Oh, that's really good. I don't have anything. I wasn't expecting this. I know. That's. I don't mean to spring it on you, but I will give you time if you want to just like at any point shout it out in the middle of the episode. Okay. I will focus all of my mental energies on coming up with a name. Yeah, stop listening to me <laughs> and start thinking because you're on the clock, buster. All right. Uh, this man is voiced by prolific voice actor D. Bradley Baker. Oh, okay. Uh, who we hear every week on this television show because he is the voices of Appa and Momo. Really? Yes. So, hmm. the that's... range on this gentleman. I wonder if that's... They, ha they have a conversation in this episode, Appa and Momo. The two of them do. And, and it's I'm just wondering if guy. that's why they were that's just like, the joke. you're the star of this episode now. <laughs> Take it over. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is for you, D. Bradley Baker. Uh, he's like, hey, river people. And they say, we're not river people. We're just people people. He's like, whoa, stop it. You're blowing my mind, kids. This is far <laughs> out, man. Whoa, dude. Holy shit. I guess we're all just people, man. They call them fingers, but I've never seen them fing. <laughs> uh, here he is, Brendan. He introduces himself as Chong. Mm -hmm. Do you get it? I get it. Pretty good choice. Oh, yeah. There's not a Cheech, though, is there? There's no Cheech, but as long as you have one of them, at least everyone can go, ah, ah. Wag, wag their finger at the screen. <laughs> so they're doing the right thing. Uh, his wife is Lily. The pudgy guy is Moku. He says they're nomads just going wherever the wind takes us and then does like a quick little hardcore shred on his instrument. Yep. This guy's a character, I tell you. A good one. And just like you said before, he uh, tells Sokka nice underwear, mm -hmm. which then Sokka covers up his shame. With Momo. <laughs> With Momo. Mm -hmm. So poor Momo becomes the underwear. Mm -hmm. But it had to be done. Smash cut to Uncle Iroh staring down a flower. <laughs> He's just intently studying this fucking thing. Wait a minute. I've seen one of these before. <laughs> Zuko is all flustered at having to forage for food in the mm -hmm. wilderness. 
but Iroh is entranced by this flower, which is either a delicious tea or a deadly poison. Yep. He's going to roll the dice on that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's 50-50 shot, and I've been dying for some delicious tea. <laughs> Zuko says, we need food, not tea. But yeah, there's room for both. Yeah, you can have both. And, you know, throw your uncle a bone here. He's living in the woods kind of on your behalf. This is really your fault here, Zuko. <laughs> and all Zuko's doing is bitching. The entire time. He comes out of the woods like, I fucking hate this. I can't believe I'm exile and a fugitive. I'm so itchy. These mosquitoes <laughs> are terrible. I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I miss my soft bed. Well, it's like you lived on a big iron ship. Yeah, but it was softer than this. <laughs> Poor Zuko. Uh, he leaves Iroh alone, pondering what choice he'll make with this flower. But, like, we know what oh, choice yeah. he's going to make with this flower. Come on now. Mm -hmm. The man needs his tea. He's fiending for it. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather die than not drink tea. <laughs> and I might die by drinking tea. I'll tell you what, though. Like, he had to brew it into tea. Mm-hmm. And maybe even though it was the deadly poison, maybe it was still delicious. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going forward a little bit here, but we know that he drank it. Uh, so, yeah, of course. At no so. point did he stop. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't as I remember, but it's still pretty good. And like, I'm dying for tea. <laughs> uh, Zuko's hair is already starting to grow in a little bit. He's got like a little crew cut going almost. Yeah. It's kind of fun. New style. New style for Zuko. New yeah. Zuko just dropped. <laughs> Hashtag new haircut. <laughs> uh, back to the river people. The uh, nomads have braided Appa's hair. Yeah. Which I love. It's totally working for me, too. He looks great. <laughs> yep. Just a bunch of giant braids. He's <laughs> <laughs> been waiting for this moment forever. Uh, Aang loves the stories they tell. He's like... Sokka, they're going to take us to go see a giant night crawler. Mm -hmm. Which, like, I don't know, Aang, what was Ko the face stealer, if not, like, a giant thing like that? I guess that's true. He's kind of already seen that. Where's the excitement? I would say a giant centipede is a lot cooler than a giant worm. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Would a giant worm in this universe just be a giant worm? Or would it be, like, some kind of crazy worm... Worm hybrid with something else. Yeah. Now that sounds pretty that cool. That might be cool. If it was like a raccoon worm. But I guess at the same time, like if you see Ko, who's the big centipede guy, and then you have the opportunity to like see something like that again, but in a much safer context, mm -hmm. I'd do it. Yeah, maybe. If I wasn't busy. <laughs> if I didn't have a job to do and have <laughs> trainings to go through. Yeah, I can't just go run off with every group of hippies that comes across your road. Oh, not with that attitude. <laughs> uh, Sokka has to play the wet blanket here, and he's like, there's no time for this tomfoolery. We must get to Omashu. Mm -hmm. I also like that he takes a quick jab at Katara. Yeah. He says like that. He says, I, I hate to be the white blank or the wet blanket, but Katara's busy right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, I don't know. It's not necessarily a fair statement because I think they split that role. 50 -50. I think so. I actually in the moment was like, I think Sokka's usually the one doing it. 
So I I see where he's coming from, but at the same time, like live a little bit, my man. <laughs> uh, this whole next sequence is pretty good. Chong says uh, to Sokka, you've got destination fever. Yeah, the journey is the destination, man. Oh, Brendan, it's it's that line that I've flubbed so many times on this show before. <laughs> and now they're spelling it out to us in a different way. Um, even Lily's like, you got to focus less on on the where and more on the going. Yeah. To which Sokka replies, oh, my shoe. Yep. That's where we're going. That's There's both. No That's the this. answer to both. <laughs> Do you get it now? Uh, Katara says Sokka's right. They need to get Aang to his earthbending teacher. Chong's like, hey, well, then it sounds like you're going to Omashu. Womp, womp. womp, womp. Sokka slams his palm into his forehead at terminal velocity at this. <laughs> Breaks his neck. Fucking Just dies. Smashes every bone in his skull. <laughs> There's an old story about a secret pass right through the mountains. Is this real or a legend? Oh, it's a real legend. And it's as old as earthbending itself. Two lovers forbidden from one another. A war divides their people. And a mountain divides them apart. Built a path to be together. Yeah, I forget the next couple lines, but uh, then it goes. Secret tunnel, secret tunnel through the mountain. Secret, 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 secret tunnel. Brendan, do I even need to tell you that this song is one of the biggest fan favorite moments in Avatar history? Oh, I believe it. I kind of wish it wasn't true. It's not a very good song. It's not a great song, but you can't help but sing along every time it comes up. Yeah, which I is guess. The, which is the one time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a song. If there's a song on a show like this, people are going to love the song. That's true. Yeah. It's not the only song that we'll get in this. It's not even the only song we've gotten so far in this episode. No, no. This episode's full of music. The mountains are alive with the sound of music. (laughs) But inside the mountains, not like on the outside. Mm -hmm. Sokka's like, yeah, that's a great song. But you see that big furry monster that you just like gave dreadlocks? We're just going to fly on that guy instead. Yeah, which is a better plan. Makes more sense. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we do around here. Yeah. Ang agrees. He says, yeah, Appa hates going underground. So let's do whatever makes Appa feel comfortable. And immediately it jumps to the three of them screaming while flying on Appa's back and getting bombarded by fireballs. Yeah. And then it, and then it cuts back to them agreeing to, for the help. But we've seen them dodge stuff just like this on Appa. I was going to say, yeah. Like, they could have flown higher to get out of range or just kept going. They had to turn around. Could this really have been any worse than when they ran that blockade near the actual Fire Nation itself? Yeah, no, I'm thinking it probably wasn't, but... Not worth the effort. Also, though, 
have being from the future, I know that it would have been a bad idea for them to continue on Appa. Sure. Should they have arrived on the other side of the mountain? We do have the benefit of that future knowledge, but uh, save it to yourself there, Mr. Fortune Teller. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, Zuko returns from his fishing expedition with the world's smallest fish. On the world's longest spear. <laughs> on the longest spear imaginable. The camera has to pan like 10 feet over to the end of the spear, which has just this tiny, tiny little fish wriggling <laughs> on it. Iroh has his back turned to him. He's like, hey, you remember that plant that I thought was tea? Mm-hmm. And Zuko says, you didn't. And Iroh says, I did. <laughs> and it wasn't. <laughs> Spins around to show all of us his hideous, grotesque, swollen face. He had the poison plant. <laughs> and then it plays a laugh track in the... Uh the intro music for the Iro Zuko <laughs> sitcom starts playing. People start applauding. Yeah. Executive <laughs> produced by Dick Wolf. It's great. Yeah. It's their wacky adventures. I'm so happy for them to be out on the road by themselves. Cause now it's like the wacky Zuko and Iroh show. What yep. do they get up to this time? The, the hijinks. And it's nothing. I promise you, Brendan. I mean, a character, as slapstick as Zuko, it's nothing but laughs. <laughs> Even where we go in this episode at the end of like their story, oh, you can't yeah. help your sides are splitting. It hurts to laugh oh, yeah. this much. They've got the funniest B plot in the history of the show. It's so funny. And the people that they meet think they're so funny. <laughs> uh, we'll laugh a little bit. Um, Iroh's pretty chill about this whole thing. He's like, yeah, eventually my throat's going to close. You know, say la vie, huh? Yeah. Um, but he's found some berries, which are either an antidote for this poison, <laughs> poison or they will cause blindness. Roll them again. Let's do it one more time. Push I'm a gambling man. <laughs> you can't win every time. If you don't, you can't win if you don't play. Yeah. So... <laughs> Big money, no whammies. <laughs> stop. He should stop is what he really should do. Uh, but Zuko's like, all right, we're done here. Let's go find a doctor. Uh, but they're in a bit of a pickle because they're enemies of the Earth Kingdom, but fugitives of the Fire Nation. And they say, you know, if the Earth Kingdom catches us, they'll kill us. But if the Fire Nation catches us, they'll turn us over to Azula. Mm-hmm. So they both stare at each other for like one second and nod in agreement. And Zuko's like, okay, Earth Kingdom it is. Yep. <laughs> Seems like the better option based on what we know. So. Yeah. This episode is pretty stupid at times, but like, it's also pretty funny. I, yeah, I don't know. I like this episode for, not just for the hippies. We'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll talk about it. We have a decent time. Um. The gang approaches the secret tunnel. Chong tells Sokka, actually, it's not just one tunnel, but it's an entire labyrinth. Oh, boy. Yeah. Brendan's mind is racing with the images of David Bowie's junk. <laughs> In spandex. <laughs> Uh, they, you know, should have had a little bit of a callback to that in this episode, I think. <laughs> he could have popped out at Aang, say, you remind me of the babe. 
and then off he flies on a wolf bat. <laughs> That'd be great. Wolf bat. <laughs> David Bowie would have loved wolf bats. Can we oh, yeah. definitively say that right now? Oh, yeah. Okay. I feel good about that. Uh, Sokka pissed. He's like, labyrinth? Nobody said anything about a labyrinth. Um, but Chong and Lily are pretty chill about it. She's like, all you need to do is trust and love, according to the curse. And Sokka stops dead in his, <laughs> dead in his tracks, and he's like, there's a curse, too? Yep. They, fe- they really fucking buried the lead on all these things. We got all the way here, and I'm only just hearing about this now? Mm-hmm. We should have flown through those fireballs. Yeah. At least they weren't cursed fireballs. Just regular. Well, we don't know. I, we got to call. <laughs> I said that we would call out every acorn. That there fell. it was. There was one. Okay. That's that's two thus far, Shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make it to the cave. Chung describes that the curse says only those who trust in love will survive. Otherwise, you'll be trapped forever. And Lily chimes in cheerily. She's like, and die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't forget the dying. Don't forget the dying part. Chong's like, oh, right. Those are the words that I forgot in the song. And he strums out a minor chord on his instrument and says, and die. Yeah, I did like that. It's just pretty good. Uh, Sokka does not want to go in the tunnel, but Moku turns around and sees some smoke. He's like, hey, somebody's making s'mores back there. This fucking guy. Moku. Who are you, Moku? What do you? What role do you play? He's the drummer. He's the drummer. He's got his little drum. He's got more of a role than the other two are, who are not named and do not speak. Nope. They're just there. They're just there to dance. There are some bands that strictly have dancers, like, in their... St- I feel like that's a ska thing. Is that a ska thing? I've never seen a ska band that just had dancers gotta be a thing i've seen some big ass fucking ska bands none of them just had dancers though oh or well i mean i guess we could say the aquabats they have people come out in like mascot costumes maybe that's what i'm thinking of to have like power ranger fights on stage and they're members of the band they yeah they are they're paid actors for the band you gotta get me one of those gigs yeah it seems like fun we got to get a third member of our podcast that is <laughs> just the dancer. They're just dancing. But you don't, but the listeners at home don't know because it's an audio medium. Yeah. Next week we'll have one. Actually, here, I, I have a surprise for you, Brendan. Come on, come on in. It's the dancing like lobsters. To, yeah, the dancing lobsters who, I mean, you can see mm-hmm. they're dancing up a storm behind me as yeah. we record. And we'll continue to do so throughout this episode and the rest of the episodes that we record. So just, um, you know, maybe we'll do a video podcast at some point, but unlikely. Unlikely. Probably not. No. We can't afford to pay them enough to be on video. No, no. Yeah, that's not part of their contract. And I don't want to deal with the union. It's it's a whole fucking thing. (laughs) Um. Aang takes a second and considers the rules of this cave. You know, if they trust in love, they'll make it through. And his eyes glisten as he looks at Katara and he says, we can make it. Oh. So we're doing one of those episodes, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Appa protests as they enter the underground tunnels, but the Fire Nation closes in on them. Uh, their big tanks grind to a halt before entering the tunnels. And one of the guys says, 
hey, don't go in there. Haven't you heard the song? <laughs> I love that. I didn't realize that was a known quantity in this world. But. I wonder if it was just Chong. They just like he just happened to pass through their camp and sang them the song. He's been in the area, you know. We don't yeah. know where he walked from most recently. Yeah, they they might have thought to capture him, but then after a little while, they're like, just fucking get him out of here. We just don't want him around anymore. Or maybe this was part of Chong's plot. It was his Ooh. ploy the whole time. Was he sang a song about a big curse in this tunnel? knowing that he would go in the tunnel later on himself and that they wouldn't follow him in there, although it does end up actually being cursed. <laughs> yeah, he's a master strategist. Uh, if there's anything you can say about him, it's that he's got big brains and he knows how to use them. <laughs> what a guy. Um, no, they don't follow them in, but they shoot some hooks out of their tanks, which collapse the entrance to the cave, pinning everybody inside. Mm-hmm. Appa desperately claws at the boulders blocking their way out, but they are completely trapped. Sokka takes charge of the situation. Chong has a little torch that's lit, and Sokka's like, how long do these torches last? And Chong says, two hours. And Lily cheerily says, and we have five torches, so that's ten hours as she lights all of the remaining four torches at once. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Sokka stoners, a, man. He's fucking pissed. He's like, God damn it. That is not how this works, you moron, as he stomps out like all the torches. You know, they're uh they're not home right now, Brendan. They're <laughs> they're in outer space, my brother. Yeah. Clearly. It's a simpler lifestyle, but uh it'll leave every one of them dead if they don't figure it out. <laughs> they'll get their shit together. <laughs> but at least they'll go out. Uh, like they always intended to, high as fuck. <laughs> uh, Sokka's going to create a map as they go, like a Etrian Odyssey game. Mm-hmm. Oof, that's a pull. I've never played one of those games before, so I barely know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I think what I said was accurate. Uh, I don't know the name of the game, but I know what kind of game you're talking about. Sure, sure, sure. The notes. reason that the notes section in the back of game manuals ever existed? Mm-hmm. Yep. No. Somebody's going wild for it right now. And it's not me. Uh, Iroh is getting treatment from a young Earth Kingdom woman. She deduces that they must not be from here because Iroh fucking drank the poison flower like a fool. <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> hey, we know not to do that around here. What the? F what were you thinking? <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? You need a tea that bad? He's like, yes, I did. <laughs> He's desperate for it. <laughs> worth it, he says. <laughs> <laughs> totally worth it. As he chokes Weezing, on his swollen yeah. <laughs> throat and dip falls over dead and gives one little wink before the final breath escapes his lips. <laughs> it was delicious. <laughs> it was really Good. It was actually, it was just okay. Oh, I'm going now. <laughs> it was pretty middling tea. <laughs> not the best, not the worst. I don't know. We'll talk about it later. Bye. <laughs> uh, she steps away from him, revealing that his face is now like completely swollen beyond recognition. He looks mm -hmm. like shit. Yep. It's very funny. Uh, she says, hey, where are you guys traveling from? And Zuko pipes in, yes, we're travelers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's correct. Yes, I have my license. I didn't ask you that. Uh, 
Good day. <laughs> he uh, comes up with new identities for them. His name is Lee. Mm-hmm. And his uncle's name is Mushi. Mm-hmm. And he gives him a look like that's some joke that I'm, I don't get. It's played off, and this is not the only time this show does it. it. It's played off as like, how dare you call me Mushi? That's so embarrassing for me. Yeah. Which is just, I think, some sort of cultural thing. I don't know. Mushi is kind of a funny name to me. Yeah. I I've, I don't know. It seems normal enough to me, but it, the reaction that it got would tell me otherwise. Yeah. He's very upset about it. He glares at him, but gets his revenge by saying, actually, yeah, Lee's named after his father. So really, we just call him Junior, which is much more embarrassing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uncle, don't say this in front of the pretty girl. God damn it, I'm not Junior. I'm a big boy. Her name is Song, which I wonder if that's a reference to the amount of songs that are in this episode, perhaps. I wonder, because she's the only song in their plot line for this episode. Whereas everyone else, nothing but songs. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's lines to be drawn here, huh? Yeah. Well. Look at us. Look at us go. Who'd have thunk, huh? <laughs> um, throughout this scene, Iroh keeps scratching himself and Song keeps smacking his hand away. Yeah. <laughs> She's not even like looking at him. She's absently slapping his hand. Knock it off. <laughs> you want to live? Can we help or not? It's a pretty good touch. She uh, invites them over for dinner, but Zuko declines. And she's like, oh, that's too bad. My mom always makes too much roast duck. And Iroh slides into the frame. He's like, where do you live exactly? <laughs> Let's go right now. Why are we here? Can we continue this treatment on the road? I need this. I need this. <laughs> please, please, Junior, don't take this from me. <laughs> Junior, this is all I have. Help your sweet Uncle Mushi. Uh, back in the cave, Sokka's map making is not working out. They keep hitting dead ends, and he figures out the only explanation as to what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Although, another explanation could have been Sokka's sh a shit map maker. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't know that that unbelievable explanation is the only explanation you can come sure. up with. <clears throat> Turns out, he's not wrong. But... It's still a mm -hmm. wild assumption with no evidence. Everyone's like, oh, well, Sokka couldn't be bad at navigating. <laughs> Something mystical must be happening. Here. Yeah. Uh, it would be funny if he was like trying to play that off. Like, yes, yes, that's right. There is something <laughs> magic. Oh, the cave's fucking with us. It's, it couldn't be me. <laughs> anyway, and then he crumples up the map and tosses it. Yeah, forget about it. Yeah. Guess we don't need that. Not going to help. <laughs> what? Where we're going. We don't need maps. <laughs> Uh, no, Sokka's got it all figured out. This cave is a roguelike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think is the right term for that. Do you want to talk about Etrian Odyssey again? <laughs> is that a roguelike? I don't think so. <laughs> the tunnels keep changing is what's going on here. Mm -hmm. um, Lee and Mushi, as we know them now, mm -hmm. they are having dinner with Song and her mother. My daughter tells me you're refugees. We were once refugees ourselves. When I was a little girl, the Fire Nation raided our farming village. All the men were taken away. That was the last time I saw my father. 
I haven't seen my father in many years. Oh, is he fighting in the war? Yeah. Uh, you could say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Yep. I, I was sitting there and I was immediately like, yes. The answer is yes. Just say yes. I mean, it's a yes. It is definitely a yes. Yeah. To what context? You know, it's no follow up questions, please. Yeah. The the less lying this kid has to do, I think the better off he'll be. <laughs> Just yeah, let him speak the truth and <laughs> shut himself up. Is yes, and yes, and I don't want to elaborate. <laughs> oh, is your father in the war too? There is a war. <laughs> yes, there's a war. <laughs> yes, I am Junior. Oh shit. I didn't like that name. Oh, it's too late for me. Uh yeah, he's gotta watch what he says. Um Chong is starting to lose his mellow a little bit now that he knows they're trapped down here. Mm -hmm. uh, Katara shushes them as they hear the noise of something approaching and a creature comes storming out of the darkness and Moku shouts, it's a wolf bat. Uh, and I said out loud, sitting in my chair, a fucking wolf bat. Excuse me? <laughs> incredible oh man because i was looking at it it's like it's on screen for a bit before they actually say what it is and i'm playing the game that you play with this show is you try to figure out what animal am i looking at what two animals am yeah. i looking at in this singular being and i said me. clearly a bat and then i thought like a cat of some sort you were in the ballpark yeah uh and then it's a wolf bat uh and i i don't know that's what fucking why what god created this abomination who allowed this to happen it's like we it's we've got pugs on this planet earth that was a mistake who let that happen who let this happen well pugs were our fault these yeah, wolf bats are so natural bad. yeah somebody really did wolves and bats very dirty here uh bad timing for me brendan we just had bats in the apartment like a week ago oh yeah that's right you were telling me Again, Fuck that us. happens to you all the time. It hadn't happened to us in like two or three years, mm -hmm. but we just had one the other day and there's just absolutely nothing worse. That's wild. I've never had a bat in my house. It's frightening. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really scared of bats. Yeah, but in your house, the thing's zipping around. You don't want it. Have you ever had a bird in the house? Uh, No. Also I, a bad experience. I used to like get panicked. I used to like watching the birds that got trapped in the Home Depot. That's fun. At least they've got, you know, space to move around. Yeah, lots of thing. lots of room up there in those rafters. With my frequent trips to the uh, Orlando airport, I see birds in the terminal every time I go. <laughs> oh, man. They those, love it in there. Those poor things. <laughs> How do they get out? I, well, I mean, it's whatever way they get in, but at least in there, it's air-conditioned as opposed to the hellish landscape outside. That's true. That's true. Maybe they want to be there. Perhaps they can steal a French fry. Mm -hmm. Perhaps I can steal a French fry while I'm you, there. You can train a bird to steal you French fries. And then we'll split it 50, 50 well, 60, 40. It's, it's only fair. I'm bigger than the bird, so mm -hmm. I should get the greater share of the fry. Yeah, and you got you got to do all the thinking. Picking the marks. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I've got like a little laser pointer that I direct it like <laughs> over, over there. 
And even if it's only one French fry, we can like lady in the tramp it. I don't know. We'll talk mm-hmm. about it. Me and the birds, not you and me. You don't <laughs> have to know my schemes. All right. Uh, yeah, wolf bats. It's like a winged wolf with the face of a bat. It's fucking sucks, but it's good. <laughs> like every animal on this show, it sucks, but it's good. Yeah. Uh, Sokka tries to scare it away with his torch, but accidentally drops the torch on Appa's foot like a fucking idiot. Yeah, why'd he do that? Stupid. Unnecessary, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Appa's having a pretty rough day. He starts to panic at this. He's thrashing around, slamming against the cave walls, which starts to rumble. And there are two forked tunnels. The ceiling starts to collapse around them. Uh, Aang, just in the nick of time, airbends Sokka and the nomads into one tunnel and then rushes in to save Katara, diving towards the other tunnel. And when the dust settles, the two of them plus Appa have been separated from the rest of the pack. Mm-hmm. So now everybody's on their own. Yeah. If only anyone here knew how to earthbend, this would not be a problem. Not a single earthbender among them. I mean, Aang can. Mm-hmm. He didn't even try. He could have, you know, dug a little deeper. He's done... He's he's done three of the four bending styles to this point. Mm-hmm. And this is the exact scenario where he would typically be able to, like, whip out something he hasn't done. He did it with water bending in, like, the second episode. Yeah. A dire situation. Yeah. If we learn nothing from last week's episode, when Aang gets in these dire situations, the Avatar state can help him out of, really, any pickle. Yeah. And even if he didn't use it to earthbend uh, all the stuff out of the way, his tattoos and eyes would glow and it would be very easy to see in the dark. (laughs) He could just walk around. (laughs) It'd be a flashlight. The Avatar (laughs) state can be a flashlight is all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yep. Or even like a calming nightlight if somebody's having trouble sleeping. It's a one size fits all solution. He's a multi-tool is what I'm trying to say. Yep. He's selling himself short, just fighting with it. You know, there's purposes. Um, Sokka desperately digs at the rubble, trying to get away from these freaks that he's now trapped with. And Chong steps in. He's like, hey, man, it is what it is. But at least now you're with us, which <laughs> makes things worse. And Sokka digs more frantically trying to get out of here. Yep. Pretty good bit. Um. Zuko sits alone outside of his host's home. Uh, Song steps out to sit with him and tries to comfort him after their conversation at dinner. And she's like, hey, you know, we've all been through this. The Fire Nation has hurt you. (laughs) Zuko's like, uh, you could say that too. (laughs) Uh, Yikes. Uh, yeah, no follow-up questions again, please. (laughs) Starts pulling on his collar. I don't want to talk about this song. (laughs) Uh, She really does want to get into it, though. She reaches up to touch Zuko's scarred face, which, honestly, rude. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have permission to do this. Yeah. She was trying. She's going straight for it, but she's shooting her shot. (laughs) Well, you miss 100% of the eyes you don't touch. (laughs) 
she wanted to touch this one really bad. Yeah. She touches it and Zuko just screams in pain. Ah, ah, I never let anybody do this for this exact reason. <laughs> just kidding. I'm totally fine. Um, he grabs her hand and stops her. But she reveals she has her own scars and rolls up her pant leg to show just this gigantic burn running all up and down her leg. Mm-hmm. I think they're laying it on pretty thick at yep. this point in the episode. <laughs> Remember that hootin' hollerin' good time <laughs> yeah. I was talking to you about earlier with the Zuko plot? We're deep in it, buddy. <laughs> Zuko is being constantly confronted by the thought that maybe they're the bad guys. Uh, perhaps we're the baddies? <laughs> Uh-oh. The jury's out. You know, time will tell. <laughs> Let me ask again later on that one. But yeah, it seems like, ooh, mm, okay, well, I'll file this one away. And (laughs) seems like the Fire Nation is not cool. (laughs) Um, Back in the cave, Chong's got Sokka's back and sings him a happy song, which Sokka just loves, of course. I like this song more than the other song that apparently is everyone's favorite. Well, it's because of the big epic moment, of course, in the other song. But this song is a catchier, better, more thought out song, I Mm -hmm. feel like. Yeah. The don't let cave-ins get you down. (laughs) A lesson we could all take. (laughs) Because look, we've all been there. And if we Mm -hmm. haven't, it's coming for you very soon. (laughs) It'll happen to you. Next time you go in a cave, just remember the song. And even if you run out of food and the oxygen runs thin, don't let it get you down. No. We should all be so fortunate to be trapped with dirty hippies. (laughs) It's going to be great. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, Aang and Katara lead Appa through their tunnel and they find a stone door, which they think is their way out of this place. Mm-hmm. And they try to push it open, but Appa says, step aside, puny humans, and rams his massive bison body into the door, knocking it open. <laughs> He's very lucky that worked. <laughs> he didn't He didn't have any idea it would. <laughs> Could have easily killed him. He, like, scratches his foot against the ground like a bull and mm-hmm. just Toro straight into it. I got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Any means necessary. Yeah, shatters his entire bison skull. <laughs> no, he's fine. The uh, stone disc falls aside and they enter into a dark room. No, this is not the exit to the cave, Brendan. It is actually a tomb. Oh, no. Things are getting spooky now. Do they usually keep these things near the exit of the cave? Is this easily accessible from the gift shop? Yeah, this is uh, like the last stop that you make is where the dead people are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look down at two sarcophagi. Hey, mm-hmm. fun word. Sarcophaguses. Mm, that's also a fun word. Mm-hmm. Uh, they descend a staircase and realize it's the tomb of the two lovers from the story of the cave itself. And there are carvings on the wall that tell their story. And Brendan, we're going to do one of those things that we like to do often on this show. Yeah. Occasionally, an animated show will treat us to a little scene where it shifts from the actual show's art style 
into telling a story in a entirely different art style. In this case, we're seeing like still shot ink painting slideshows of the story of the two lovers. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Um, my only problem with it is that they're looking at carvings and we're seeing it as the like the paintings. Is it Sumi? Is that sure. how you pronounce that? Like, yeah, traditional ink paintings. Um, which is a, it's a good look, but it doesn't match what we're doing. One of these other instances, Jack and the lava monster from Samurai Jack. Mm-hmm. There was a big stone tablet where things were etched on, and then the entire story was told in stone etchings. Yeah. Much better application. Yeah, or even in this show when we had the Great Divide and the two different tribes were telling yeah. their story. Yeah. Granted, they were just telling the story, but the art style kind of took on like the feel of the tribe, like really clean art or like really grungy looking art. The tone of how they were going about, like, telling the story. Yeah. Yeah, their kind of whole thing. So they've even done it better on this show. Yeah. Not to say that, like, these artistic representations of the story are not good. No, no, they're very pretty. It's it's very good to look at. They're just, they don't match the stone carvings that we're, we're just doesn't, seeing. It doesn't really make sense. I see what you're saying, and mm-hmm. I completely agree with you. Yeah. But in any case, we're going to have a little fun here. Yeah. Uh, Katara reads the story. She's narrating it to us. Uh, These two lovers, their love was forbidden since their two tribes were enemies that were separated by the mountain that the two of them would meet on top of. Uh, And eventually they learned earthbending from the badger moles. Yeah. Yep. Which... Got some thoughts on this, Brendan? We can get we can get into it right now because we, do we want to get into it right now or do we want to get into it later? I'm gonna live. I'm gonna leave that in your hands. Do you want to sit on it? Uh, you seem pretty hot. Okay. To try well, right so now. I had a problem immediately when I saw this, but I'm gonna save the other one for when we get there. My problem with this is they say they learned them. They learned it from these mole things and became the first Earthbenders. Sure. And I, I don't. I shouldn't know this, but I've seen the episode. About the first Avatar, and I that doesn't gel with what I think they end up going with. But I could be missing context as well. I think you are missing context. Because mm-hmm. um, even with that episode with the first Avatar, this still could fly. There were benders before that. He just was the first one to get all of them. But I thought that everyone got their bender things from the, the lion turtles. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. <clears throat> I don't know, yes, but that's you're the, right. That's the first problem I had, but it shouldn't be a problem because I shouldn't know that. No. Put that put that out of your mind. But I understand it raises questions and I'm sure you have a lot more to say and I will yeah. give you that platform. I'm just not sure if I should hold on to this story or if I'm expecting it to be retconned later. Hey, I'm going to tell you what doesn't matter after this episode. <laughs> All right. Fuck yeah. <laughs> So you can forget about it. Uh, Badger moles will matter after this episode, so we can at least enjoy their presence for now. Uh-huh. And then they'll, uh, they will make a return. The badger moles will return, it says, in after the credits in this episode. Okay. It's not, it's not true, but they do return. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> no, I was just I was thinking about my other thing. Well, let's fucking I guess that's okay. fine. Let's do, do it. Do you want to do it now? Just do or it. Now. Just do it now because I think I might be wrong. So these fucking animals can earth bend. Yes. Um, and I was going to say that it's ridiculous that animals can bend, but Appa is doing it constantly. Is, is air bending? Yes. Okay. Never mind then. That's already been established. Oh, so we're good. <laughs> we're good. We're good. I have debunked my own complaint. There's not then. There's nothing wrong here. <laughs> Everything is fine. These badger moles are the equivalent of Appa in every way. We love looking at them, and everyone's happy to be around them. Yeah, and the Earthbender avatar gets to have one as a pet. I don't know, because we've never had a show or anything with an Earthbender avatar. I don't know if it's established what the Earthbending avatar's uh, are. They always the same animal companion is. I don't think so. Okay, but now I'm also thinking: is a dragon really firebending, or is that just something dragons do? Now I'm now I'm all (laughs) upset about it. I'm gonna draw. (laughs) I'm gonna draw a hard line. (laughs) <laughs> on this conversation hmm. to be continued hmm. but yes these animals these badger moles do actually yes. bend yeah and we see it in this episode and we have to consider that yes appa is actually air bending all right fine so some animals can get the job done some other animals like momo what is he good for Absolutely nothing. Say it again. <laughs> um, yes, they learned earthbending from the badger moles. Uh, and with it, they built their labyrinth so that they could meet in the mountain in secret. Uh, but one ma- one day, the man did not come to meet the woman. Mm-hmm. Because he died. <gasps> Very sad stuff. He actually died in the war between the two villages. The woman raged out and terrified everybody with her earthbending powers. But instead of destroying everybody, she declared that the war was over. Mm-hmm. Total baller power move. Yeah. I could end all of you right now, but instead you're going to end this petty bullshit. Yeah. Fucking get him. Slay queen. Slay queen, she did. Well, no, she didn't slay oh, specifically. Don't, don't uh, spare queen. <laughs> uh, that's very good. Um, they built a new city to live in together. Uh, her name was Oma and his name was Shu. So here we are. The new city is called Omashu. Oh, it's uh, fucking whatever. stupid. It's pretty fucking <laughs> Dumb backstory for the name of Omashu, but kind of an interesting backstory for like how Omashu came to be. Yeah, I do. I do like this lore that I never asked for, but I'm glad that we got it. It's just a little something. Yeah. Do you like the name? <laughs> I like. I like. I like the name Omashu. I think the I origin know. of the name I could do without. I liked the name before I knew any of this, <laughs> and now I'm just like, well, well, whatever. Could have been anything. Could have been Shuoma. It could have been Shuoma, or their names could have been, like, Steve and Janet, so it could have been, like, Jeeve. Jeanette Steve. <laughs> Stanit. That's when they get to the, the Russian portion of the of the world map. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, look, we are going places, and they are direct <laughs> analogs for this world that we live in now. 
Um, with the story over, Aang and Katara look at a large mural of the two lovers kissing with an inscription that says, love is brightest in the dark. Uh-huh. And More they, to come. They both miss this clue. <laughs> mm, this doesn't seem relevant. What else is in this room? <laughs> They're like running their hands all over the walls trying to find like a false door or something. <laughs> we'll find it. Uh, meanwhile, things are predictably tense between Sokka and the Nomads. Uh, they cannot find their way out of here. And Chong's like, hey, I've got a great idea. If love is the way out, let's play a love song. Mm-hmm. Kind of is probably his idea in every situation. Like, hey, if we need to do this, I'll just sing a song about this topic. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's got him this far, right? He's still kicking. For how much longer? Only time will tell. <laughs> um, He starts to strum his song as Sokka, again, slams his palm straight into his forehead. Uh-huh. Um, Aang and Katara need to come up with a plan, too. Uh, Katara's got one, but she's too embarrassed to even say what it is. <laughs> but maybe we could... No, no, that's crazy. But no. what if... But, um, well, actually, it doesn't sound so bad. No, I, I couldn't I couldn't possibly say. <laughs> uh, she repeats, love is brightest in the dark and looks at the mural of the two lovers kissing. And she says, what if we kissed? No. <laughs> and I'm sitting here yelling at the TV, just turn off the fucking light. God, <laughs> God damn it. They've made this very clear. It's it's in the inscription. God, they they could not have like spelled it out more. She's got a plan, but oh, oh it's <laughs> so scandalous. Before marriage, I couldn't possibly. What, what will me? What will Grand Grand think? <laughs> you harlot! <laughs> no granddaughter of mine. <laughs> yeah. I never kissed uh, Master Paku, and look at me now. I'm doing great. <laughs> Uh, she blushes like she's kind of into the idea, though. I feel like this is the first indication we've ever gotten out of this relationship that, like, maybe she's kind of, you know, into it a little bit. Yeah. DTK. She down to kiss. <laughs> she's totally DTK. <laughs> she's got those, uh, AKLs and kissing lips. <laughs> Yep. took me a really long time to come <laughs> up with the letters I had to say there. And honestly, I'm disgusted at myself for even having said it. Uh, she's into it. Mm -hmm. Us kissing? See, it was a crazy idea. Us kissing. Us kissing? What was I thinking? Can you imagine that? Yeah, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't want to kiss you. Oh, well, I didn't realize it was such a horrible option. Sorry I suggested it. No, no, I mean, if it was a choice between kissing you and dying... Oh! What? I'm saying I would rather kiss you than die. That's a compliment. Well, I'm not sure which I would rather do. What is wrong with me? <laughs> you fucking blew it. You idiot, you had it in the palm of your hand! <laughs> You fucking blew it, Arrowhead. So stupid. That's right. They call him Arrowhead. I don't think we've mentioned that, have we? I think they called him Master Arrowhead. A pretty good nickname. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, this was the moment he's been dreaming of for the last year or whatever it's been. And he just totally dropped the ball. She would, oh, yeah. a- she literally asked you, Aang, would you like to kiss? Mm-hmm. You told her, no, you disgusting cow. I won't <laughs> kiss you. Ew, yuck. What about cooties? Kissing? Between us? <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> I'm saving myself from... <laughs> greater things. I was going to say marriage, but we've made that joke a no, few no, it's, times already. It's, it's all right. Bring it back one more time. <laughs> Not very romantic work from our boy Master Arrowhead. <laughs> nope. Zuko and Iroh leave the dinner as Iroh thanks them for the duck. Uh, Song's mother likes how Iroh ate it with so much gusto, which I think is very good. Yeah. Um, Zuko turns to leave, but Iroh barks at him to mind his manners and thank them. He very sheepishly bows and then continues walking away. Uh, Song, with just having all the right intentions in the world with what she's about to say. Mm -hmm. You really feel for the girl here. Yep. She totally steps in it, though. She's like... I know you don't think there's any hope left in the world, but there is hope. The Avatar has returned. (laughs) It's like he handed her a a list of things not to talk about, and she's using it as a checklist. (laughs) Let's run through them one by one. Daddy issues, (laughs) Avatar issues. Horrible disfigurement. That thing on his face. (laughs) Let's just, yeah, knock them all off. You know what? Actually, I'm... uh, I think I feel like I'm off the song train. She's really been overstepping her bounds with this person. She has no idea who he is. <laughs> she was doing it on purpose the whole time. I she knew. She, she knew knows exactly who he is. <laughs> You've got this big scar. There's nobody else who look like looks like this, you fucking firebending <laughs> asshole. How was the duck? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Eh, don't worry about it. Um Zuko doesn't turn around after she says this and he just chokes out I know <laughs> this like flips a switch within Zuko where the whole night he's been like playing the role of like victim of the fire nation but this almost like reminds him of like oh actually I am the fire nation I am the one like after the avatar I can do whatever I want in fulfillment of my mission like I'm not some lowly outsider like these common rubes living here in the country peasants I am Prince Zuko bitch (laughs) and he burns her house down and then he burns her house down with the two of them inside of it um on their way out they pass the family's ostrich horse Mm mm-hmm the canonical name for this as established. Uh, Zuko takes it and Iroh's like, what the fuck, bro? Like, they were really nice to us. Yep. And Zuko says, I'm a bad boy, don't you know? <laughs> Get in, loser. We're <laughs> hunting the Avatar. <laughs> we're, we're going Avatar slaying. Uh, Iroh hangs his head in shame, but knows this is kind of what they have to do to survive and climbs aboard. Off they go, and it's revealed that Song has actually watched this entire thing transpire, and she sadly slides shut the door. Yeah, they stole her family's horse. 
<laughs> and she just let it happen. Yep. Well, he was really cute, though, so I was kind of... <laughs> I'm willing to give whatever it takes. He'll be back. <laughs> Pretty sad stuff. Uh, Aang and Katara's only torch is almost completely burnt out, and Aang asks, what are we going to do? And Katara replies, what can we do? <laughs> we could try the kissing thing. We could do that. No, no. We've already poo-pooed that idea too many times. <laughs> they slowly turn and face each other, and she grabs Aang's hand, and they stare at each other with the torchlight slowly dying beneath their faces, lighting up their big oo faces they make mm-hmm. at each other. Uh, the light fades out slowly as their faces approach each other and they close their eyes and the screen goes completely dark for a moment. And then it is suddenly illuminated by thousands of shining gemstones in the ceiling of the cave, lighting their way. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know, Brendan, what happened here? Well, the, the, they shine bright in the dark. That's the what love, we've been led the to know. love stones. <laughs> but did they actually smooch? Oh, I don't know. I actually don't think so. Well, they kind of were leaning in for a little bit of something. Mm-hmm. And even the way that Aang reacts in this scene makes it seem like uh, something might have transpired. Maybe. Hard to say. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see it was dark. Yeah, I can't blame you for that. The gems are on a timer. They take a couple seconds to kick on. (laughs) They had to clap them on. They're clappers. (laughs) Prevents them from burning out when someone's flicking the light switch. (laughs) Yeah, it's just... uh, It's good for the environment, really. (laughs) Um, Sokka is not armed with the same knowledge, so they're all just still wandering around aimlessly. Yeah. And from down a dark tunnel, a huge pack of wolf bats fly, but don't attack them. And Sokka realizes they're running away from something as into the scene bursts a pair of gigantic badger moles. Yeah, here they are. And they're earthbending. And they bend the earth. Mm-hmm. Which Brendan has questions and concerns about, but... It seems like he's willing to yeah, no, I'm all right. a little bit. I'm all right with it now. It's weird. It is weird. I'll give you that it's mm-hmm. a little weird, but it's I just, fine. I, just, I wouldn't accept animals bending, but we we already established that the bison do it. So I guess so. it's okay. <laughs> so if this is worth they're going to feed us, we're just going to have to eat it up like mm-hmm. a couple sloppy pigs. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. <laughs> give me more, master. Uh, yeah, these big badger moles. I don't know enough about the anatomy of badgers or moles to, like, say a clever thing about them. They're just big bastards. Yeah, they're huge. <laughs> they're big. They move the earth. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. They're the things that have been fucking with the tunnels they've been wandering around in. Yeah. So, these do guys... They just, like, do they just know to ignore the tunnel with the glittery stuff? Um, like, no, no, we can't touch that one. They need that one. Yeah, that one's got like maybe a special enchantment on mm-hmm. it that repels them away. They made an agreement with the lovers. Yeah. Anyone who comes down here and triggers the gemstone lighting on the ceiling, off limits. Mm-hmm. Well, we wouldn't dare touch them. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. They are uh, only attacking this group right here. Uh, one of them knocks Sokka away and starts to move in on him. Sokka is backing away from the badger mole and reaches his hand out and accidentally plucks a string on Chong's instrument. Mm-hmm. At which point the badger mole stops its advance and tilts its head at him. Uh, and Sokka picks up the instrument and starts strumming away as the badger moles like gently purr and like watch him in amusement as he plays his song. Hell yeah. These guys know how to rock. I get it because they're earthbenders. Hey, you know what? Pretty good stuff right there, huh? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for tag teaming that one with me. <laughs> You're welcome. I set him up. You knock him down. <laughs> uh, Chong says they're music lovers and Sokka starts improvising like a little song. Mm -hmm. Imploring everyone else to join in, uh, at which point they do all play a lively tune to the Badger Moles. Good stuff. Yeah. Ang and Katara stare at the glowing ceiling above them, amazed that whatever plan they had worked, and they share a big hug, and this is where I'm like, what really happened? Because Aang is like, uh, so, like, you want to talk about it? But she's already run, like, halfway down the tunnel. Like, I'm not interested yeah, in this. I, I took that as they didn't kiss, and he was like, oh, so about, let's, about that kiss. Like, we don't have to stop <laughs> just because the can, lights came on follow through we were like 90 percent of the way there yeah and i'm ready like i'm freaking <laughs> ready to go <laughs> but no she is already gone so maybe she's not that into him like we might have thought she was earlier yeah only when she thought she was gonna die she just wanted to live <laughs> yeah i'll kiss you if it's it's actually exactly what Aang said to her. Like, if it's the difference between life and death, like, I will kiss you if it means I will live. <laughs> but Aang, Katara, and Appa reach the cave's exit back to the outside world. Appa flops over, thankful not to be underground anymore. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. Never thought I'd see the light of day again, he <laughs> says. In a flurry... The badger moles burst through the walls of the mountain, carrying Sokka and the rest of them also to safety. Yeah, that's badass. He's just riding on it. So they didn't even need to, like, do any of this shit. Like, they didn't need to play the tunnels games. Yeah, they just had to find some badger moles. And then sing a little song to them. <laughs> Convince and the them. end result was the same. Yep. I don't know. That's... Seems like a cheat code. Mm -hmm. But whatever gets you through. Well, basically is because they come out of two doors that appear on either side of the actual door. Shouldn't shouldn't actually be there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Katara asks Sokka, hey, why is your forehead all red? And Chong creeps in and he says, nobody react to what I'm about to tell you. But I think that kid over there might be the avatar. Yeah, fucking idiot. He's starting to come down off of his high and like putting <laughs> some pieces together. Uh, and one final time, Sokka jams his hand straight into his forehead, leaving a gigantic mark. Mm -hmm. uh, Aang says, hey, do you guys want to come to Omashu with us? And in a friendly voice, Moku just says, 
nope, and they walk away. (laughs) I think that was my favorite part. (laughs) No. Actually, that sounds terrible. Goodbye. (laughs) That's really good. True to the nomadic lifestyle, though. They can't be tied down in some big city with walls like that. Yeah. They've got their own places to be in. So I go to the the waterfall that always has a rainbow. See that big night crawler. That big fucking worm. (laughs) See that big worm and go, wow, I'm so fucking high right now. That's a big fucking worm. Do you think that the worm or even the waterfall, they might not even be there. They're just like so stoned out of their minds that they're seeing things. I mean, the whole story about the, the cave was real, so I don't know. That's true. So I can't doubt them Mm -hmm. but just the look in lily's eyes this entire episode (laughs) like she might have done she might have dropped too much acid one night and it forever changed her yeah yep i'm thinking is what happened to her she might have been like on like a phd track (laughs) like living in the big city Mm -hmm. and then just got really fucked up, and now she's with Chong, which is, I mean, you feel for her. Yeah, it's a damn shame. We're all, like, a step away from that, though, you know? That's why kids, like, don't do drugs, or you could end up with the Chongs out there. Yeah. So, that's the message of the show. Don't do drugs. Brandon. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm <laughs> Calling you out for nothing. <laughs> Uh, hey, one final scene in the episode, huh? Uh-huh. It's a good one. Pretty good one. The gang climbs the final hill on their journey, which is actually a recreation of episode five of the show, where Aang led them up to Omashu for the first time. hmm uh, As they crest the hill, Sokka joyously says, I present to you the Earth Kingdom city of O." But he trails off as the camera swings around, revealing the great city of Omashu. But it's not as we knew it before. Nope. Things are a little different around here. (laughs) Something's changed. You guys did a little decoration, I can see, since the last time we've been here. Mm -hmm. There's this scaffolding like surrounding the city, and the city itself has smoke billowing out of it from, like, every angle. Yep. But the most ominous of all, there's a huge red banner hanging over the gates with the Fire Nation insignia on it. The Fire Nation has taken Omashu. No! Bang, bong, bang, bong, the show says. (laughs) Ominous. Very scary. What happened here? What will happen here? Where's Boomy? Is he going to be okay? Are we going to be okay? Better be. <laughs> He's already dead by the time the next episode starts, and that's the end of this episode. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. That's episode 22, Brendan, The Cave of Two Lovers. There it is. A lot going on in this episode for what I would consider to be like a goofy, fun time episode. Yeah, I... I actually thought it had a lot of good lore bits in it. I liked learning about the creation of Omashu, despite the name being <laughs> despite stupid. Despite the shitty name that we um, don't like. 
Yeah, and I really liked all of the heavy shit going on with Zuko. Um, even though it was a little bit on the nose and I'm sitting there watching it like, all right, I get it. We see what you're doing, but heavy handed and they do it again and again yeah, and again. Um, but I think it is good. I feel like they're, they're very quickly trying to change his character, but like not skip parts of it. Sure. So it feels like they're, they're like, they're, they're going to spoon feed you a bit to get where they need to go. Mm hmm. Uh, but otherwise, I thought it was a fun episode. I thought these characters were kind of good, <laughs> even though they're all shitheads. It's I can see the swinging wildly either way. Total love hate relationship oh, yeah. with these hippie characters. There's there's no middle ground. Yeah. Yep. Well, so. I mean, there can't really be. The whole episode hinges on them. Exactly. <laughs> like, not even just your enjoyment of it. The actual plot. They yes. drive the whole thing. Literally, yes. Um, but I liked them. <laughs> um, yeah, this episode's pretty fun. I, if we want to look at it from like the angle of like the Ang Katara love story kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the other episode that we've gotten like fully devoted to that, which would be the fortune teller from season one. Yep. Um, better episode, I think, overall, but maybe not fair to even, like, draw this comparison point, because they're very different episodes. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not surprised they're exploring it. You did mention that it said, it seemed, like, kind of out of place for Katara, which didn't really, like, it didn't strike me that way until you mentioned it, but I think you're right, where we never really got any hint that she was, like, interested in Aang. No. And then... The situation I don't think was was super dire for her to go to that. But then like her her own the way she presented the option seemed very sheepish, like, oh yeah, I am actually interested in this. Let me try to play it off like something else. Mm -hmm. Um I think you're right. It it feels a little sudden, maybe. It's an advancement on that plot that one hundred percent of the advancement has been from Aang's side mm -hmm. um but now here we are in this situation and she's like showing a different side to her that clearly they want to happen because it's the tv show and you got to do the thing on the tv show yeah um but yeah it's it's quick but like we know it's coming so what are you gonna do yeah it's i feel like it's the opposite of the zuko thing though it's i guess we know where this character has to go with zuko let's make sure we we take all the right steps and hit all the right notes with katara people are fucking tired of waiting let's just go <laughs> <laughs> let's just do the damn thing yeah um yeah no that that is a good point um and the zuko stuff like it's we we need the boy to get to a certain point, and Iroh is, like, trying his best to help him get to that point, but Zuko has to, like, go through all of these situations in the show to, like, learn how the world is. Mm -hmm. And this is, yeah, a pretty heavy-handed example of him, like, learning, oh, well, actually, maybe things are not so great where you actually come from. Yeah. 
even if he totally drops that lesson by the end of the episode and is like, oh, no, I actually I am a Fire Nation rude boy. Hell yeah. Bad guys for life. (laughs) I'm taking your horse and burning it when I'm done with it. (laughs) Yeah, it's a fun episode. I don't know. It's we had like a good time in episode one of this season, like Mm -hmm. setting up kind of some lore stuff and some story stuff for like where the characters were going. And uh, we don't totally abandon that in this episode. Um, But we do have a little bit of a sidetrack with the hippie nomad characters. But uh, if you're into them, like it seems like you and me both are, you know, you're going to get something out of this one. Yeah. Uh, So far, I think the season is doing a pretty good job of staying relevant. Uh, like we're at least trying to get somewhere we get there in the end of the episode and we get some history of the location. Uh, whereas I feel like not episode two of season one, but very early on in season one, we just started getting the episodes that do nothing for anything. Yep. Uh, so I'm glad that season two so far is like is still on the rails somewhat. And hey, Brendan, one of those episodes in season one that did nothing for anything mm-hmm. was when the gang went to Omashu and met with King Boomy. <laughs> That's true. Yep. Although I really liked Boomy. We love Boomy. We love Boomy. Mm-hmm. We would never say that we don't love Boomy. <laughs> don't put those words in my mouth, anyone out there. Uh, but now we're making our triumphant question mark return to Omashu and things are a little different. Uh, yeah. We got some maybe some short term stakes going into it. Yeah, maybe things will be a little bit more meaningful this time around with mm-hmm. uh, the way the city has changed. Only time will tell. Yep. We'll have to find out next week on next week's episode. But that's the end of this week's episode. The Cave of Two Lovers. We liked it. We liked it. We like to like it. We're happy when we like it. Mm-hmm. You know what? makes us really happy and we like it what when we get an email from a listener emails it's the email song the episode two season two email song you got a little lost there i did i was gonna call it the vacation email song but i'm the only one on vacation right now well vacation's all all i've ever wanted until (laughs) i heard that there was an email and now that's all i ever i want to hear coming out of your mouth right now yeah howdy says this email. How? I was I was able to find some time between my mandatory eight daily viewings of Avatar 2009 to think Oof. of this question. I want to throw it back to a topic from a number of episodes ago and ask what franchise or character would you like to see crossover into the world of Avatar The Last Airbender? Uh, it's going to be hard to think of something better than Sonic the Hedgehog, but I'm curious. That was in reference to the uh, chat AI that we did in an episode intro, I think. Oh, right, right. Yep. I did not remember what it was in reference to. (laughs) Like something about Sonic uh, sharing. Sonic could airbend. He like taught airbending skills (laughs) to Aang. (laughs) What a weird thing that AI wrote for us, huh? Yeah. Yep. I had completely blocked it from my memory. Well, it's a good thing we're getting rid of all of those Hollywood writers and replacing them with AI to write these wonderful crossover stories. Hell yeah. I want to see AI put 
the Powerpuff Girls into mm. Avatar The Last Airbender. Okay, what do you think? What's that look like? Break me off a little slice of that. Well, you got you got your mojo, Jojo, making some kind of device. Sure. Uh, uh, the girls are reading uh, an Avatar The Last Airbender comic, <laughs> which exists in their world. Mm-hmm. And Mojo Jojo's device transports all of them, everyone, all the all the Powerpuff Girl bad guys, uh, your Mojo Jojos, your Gang Green Gang, your Rowdy Rough Boys are there too for some reason. Uh, him, that's all of them. That's all the bad guys. That's all. That's everyone. Yep. And they all have to do stuff, and they all join up. The bad guys all join up with the the Fire Lord. Yep. For some reason. No, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, and then the Powerpuff Girls have to help Aang, and he has to teach them to be not so violent. Oof, what a tall task. Is he up mm-hmm. to it? Well, we'd have to watch the episode and find out. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Uh, what would I like to see as a crossover. I guess the obvious one would be to say, let's cross over Avatar The Last Airbender with Avatar The Film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's cross over Avatar The Last Airbender with another Nickelodeon property of the time, maybe like a Fairly Odd Parents. Uh, they did that with Jimmy Neutron, though. You, yeah, can't give, but- you can't give Timmy all the power hours. Okay, Timmy, get out of here. Let's cross over with uh, Cat Dog. Okay. Okay, this is perfect because I've already, I mean, he fits into the world. Yeah. (laughs) That's a cat dog. We just have those here. We just have those here. (laughs) And the mystery has always been I mean, I know they did like the one longer special about like where Cat Dog came from, Mm -hmm. where like their mother was Bigfoot and their dad was like a frog or something. Oh, I don't remember how that resolved. I do remember that movie, though. I'd have to go back and check my notes on that one. But let's retcon that and say, or they might have been some species from like outer space that were adopted by that kind of, you know what? Again, we're going to have to go back and find They're just some kind of cryptid. (laughs) They don't belong in this world. They're an abomination, (laughs) really. Uh, But it's easy. Yeah, this explains it. They just are part of this avatar world. Uh, Even though when we see these hybrid animals in Avatar, the last airbender, the way that they work is not that you stick the two ass ends of existing animals (laughs) together and create two animals simultaneously in one body. Why not? seems like cowardice to me. Usually a little bit more nuanced than that. (laughs) Doesn't have to be. But Avatar God, in this case, got a little lazy with it and said, I don't know, just slap them together. (laughs) If Avatar God can create a fucking wolf bat, I think think Cat Dog is on the table. (laughs) If Avatar God is so good, why does he let good things happen to bad cat dogs? Can can Avatar God create an animal that even he doesn't know how it poops? <laughs> it's, uh, it's the eternal question, and uh, Aang is going to have to, I don't know, shit bend something out of Cat Dog. <laughs> so I think coming, there's a that's coming massive, some sort of massive blockage going in there from all these years. Would that be Earth bending? <sighs> shit. 
Yeah, it's sometimes referred to as night soil. <laughs> All right. Farmer's Almanac. Yeah. I've had enough out of you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that makes it Earth. I mean, yeah, I can't argue with that. I guess that makes it Earth. So, uh... <laughs> no, we've answered the question, I think, thoroughly from our emailer here. This is exactly where I thought this would go. Yeah, uh, he he signs off. Shine on, my Navi brothers. Signed, Hell Matt yeah. from Boston. Hell yeah, Navi brother. <laughs> ponytails up, my dude. That's <laughs> what we say. Ponytails out for Harambe. Ponytails out and locked together, we're fucking. <laughs> Uh, oof, wow, what an adventure we've been on. Hey, mm-hmm. great email. Thank you, Matt from Boston. Thank uh, you. If anyone else has emails they want to send our way, gotarecap at gmail.com is the address you can reach us at. Your thoughts on Avatar, your thoughts on Nickelodeon, your thoughts on pretty much anything under the sun. Send them our way. We'd be thrilled to read them on the show. Yeah. At Gotta Recap on social media, you can also reach out to us there. We would love to see you. And head to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Drop us a five-star review of the show. Extremely helpful when y'all do that. So make sure y'all do that. Yeah. Please and thank you. Thank you. Brendan, the uh, the cave of two lovers, huh? Yeah. They were separated but found a way to come together and share their love they did and you and me are separated right now as you're in your little vacation home not another acorn drop that we got only two during the episode no i'm a little bummed sometimes it's it's a lot other times it's not for a while i feel like we built it up to be this big thing and then it was kind of a yeah if we recorded last night i i thought someone was shooting at me a couple times I'm just chilling, trying to play Fable. There's gunshots going off behind me. This doesn't seem warranted. I'm just chicken chasing. (laughs) Uh, I don't remember where I was going with that. Hey, we'll see everyone next week for episode 23. Yeah, the name of the band is Acorn, but spelled with a K because they're like a hippie metal band. You did it. Mm -hmm. You did it. And uh, we're proud of you. We're going to continue... Uh, these warm emotions that we're feeling towards your creative skills here, Brendan, as we move into next week's episode. Uh, Weird way to sign off the episode. Thank you all so much (laughs) for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.